Welcome back in to the Tide Talk podcast presented by TideTalkSports.com. Stacy Blackwood here tonight. I'm joined by my boys Lane and Jake. Fellas, how you doing? Man, man, great. Good. Doing good. Uh, excited to be with on, uh, be on with you guys tonight. Uh, Lane, good to have you. Oh yeah, and, uh, always good to be here. It's been a while since you've been on, uh, so uh, man, it's just, it's just good to uh, have some of the team uh, when they can jump on with us. Yeah. Yep. I'm um, I'm glad to be here. Been doing a lot of stuff, uh, you know, with my other job, but. Here I am. I got some time now. Yeah, you know, uh, for those of who, who don't know, Lane covers basketball for us here at Tide Talk Sports, and mm-hmm. he does a fantastic job of that, you know, writing all the articles for, for the basketball team. And, uh, you know, big news coming out for the basketball program today is Nate Oates was given a contract extension uh, that will go through the year 2027. He gets a little bit of a raise. Uh, I know that we have been talking about it in our group chat for a while now that, you know, he needed to get that raise and get an extension. So now that it has finally happened, uh, first, Lane, how do you feel about the extension? And, you know, is it enough, do you believe? And just kind of your th- overall thoughts on the extension. I feel like uh, – so, for one, he's getting uh, $3.2 million a year roughly uh, with, you know, plus incentives and all that. I feel like that could have been a little higher because it's only – a few hundred thousand dollar raise just his previous contract through 2024 uh, was good for 2.4 million dollars a year and you know I just feel like he could have we could have sufficed with giving him about I would have been okay with like 3.5 3.6 you know I mean I feel like he could have he earned it and especially depending on how far we go with the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament you know, I feel like he has the potential to be worth a little bit more than that. Yeah, I, I kind of had the same thoughts as, as well. I even kind of thought once I saw the announcement before I read the details that they they might even bump him up to around $4 million. Jake, Jake, what are your thoughts on the extension? Man, I love it. Uh, it's not the, uh, the lifetime contract I've been wanting, but, uh, you know, I, I think it was huge. And uh, I, I seen something – you know, uh, that Cecil Cecil Hurt put out uh, on Twitter this afternoon after the extension, um, and pretty much he was, you know, he said he had no idea this. This is just a complete speculation. It's complete speculation on my part, but he said it made it kind of seem like there was a other, like, well, like blue blood top schools would call them, that was looking around, quote, just in case, unquote. So, I think the, the timing is great. The extension is is definitely warranted. And, you know, if I don't know what the incentives are, but I'm sure if he goes deep in, in the NCAA tournament, he'll probably get probably a few hundred thousand on top of that. Yeah, I, I imagine, uh, you know, you look at some of the, the Blue Buds, and we've talked about it before on previous podcasts, you know, teams like Duke with, with Mike Krzyzewski, you know, he's obviously getting on up there in age. And uh, so – Duke could be coming up anytime soon. Uh, I know Calipari has that lifetime contract at Kentucky, but, uh, you know, if he keeps on going the way he is at Kentucky, that job could be coming open. Uh, just, you know, other jobs out there, you know, that are blue bloods are not really achieving the way that they expect. Michigan State, for one. And, of course, we all know that that uh, Izzo and, and uh, Oates kind of have a, have a history together, Oates being uh, from around that area. So, 
he's probably close to that program. So it's good to get Nate locked down for a few more years. He gets a little bit more money. And I'm sure that this will not be the last time that this contract is revisited in the next couple of years. Yeah, Wayne, you got any more to add on that? Uh, well, you know, I mean, so far in his first couple of years, he's 33 and 20. So I don't, you know, I don't think that I, I don't see him. Let me change gears a little bit. I don't see him going anywhere else anytime soon because I feel like that he could actually make Alabama into a blue blood if, you know, we keep the – because look at the recruiting class for next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, J.D. Davison. I mean, that's a top-level recruit. And I remember in the past, you know, it's been a while since we've had those kind of recruits. So I feel like we're heading in the right direction to actually maybe one day in the future, coming from a biased perspective here, uh, could be a blue blood. Yeah, I mean, I think the potential to be a top-tier program in college basketball is there for Alabama. Obviously, yeah. the the university has the infrastructure, the cash, the you know, what it takes to, you know, build that culture there. And then all you have to do is find the right guy to lead the program. And right now, it seems like Nate Oates is the, is the guy to do that. Like Lane mentioned, the recruiting is, is phenomenal right now. The on-court – Stuff is going as good as you can uh, – 12 and 1 in conference play right now. Obviously got a great shot of winning the regular season SEC title, which is huge. Been almost well, – how long has it been since we've won the SEC title in the regular season? I mean, it's been years. So just just what Nate Oates is building in this, you know, short year and a half that he's been in Alabama uh, is really incredible. And I really look forward to seeing what he can do you know, once he has time to build in a full roster of guys that he wants to play in, in his style. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, another thing that we have talked about, we're going to transition to, to the next thing. Um, but, you know, we feel like we need a new arena or something. And, uh, Lane, what's your thoughts on uh, how we're going to, you know, how we're going to get a new arena, you know, what, what can be done and just, rejuvenate the hype that's I mean it's already there but but get more people involved in the basketball program well for one I think it would take us uh paying down a lot of the debt we owe for the latest expansion to the athletics complex including the Malmore Athletic Center and the and Bryant Denny Stadium and all that uh other than that you know we'd need a big booster commitment like the boosters would have to play a huge role in this and I know that our basketball uh booster booster club members they aren't as prevalent as they are in the football tied pride and all that so you know we uh we need them to be able to commit we need the high level donors to keep donating and hopefully one day we can you know see a, a new arena or at least a renovated coleman coliseum someday in the near future yeah that's you know that's definitely what we need even if you know, in the short term, renovate Coleman the best of your abilities without, you know, hurting the bank account, so to speak. But, uh, you know, this this program, like Wayne mentioned, has the potential to be a blue blood type program where we're competing for for SEC championships every year. You know, getting to the Final Four every couple of years, making it to the Elite Eight, sweet sweet sixteen runs like we did back in the wimp days. So the potential is there. Uh, I think we do have a, a solid commitment uh, 
from the donors for the basketball program. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be what it is for the football program because, I mean, the, the football program is the pinnacle of college football. So, of course. Uh, so we kind of have something that's really not fair to judge it against. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we got to keep that in mind when we look at our uh, facilities for basketball and our financial commitment to basketball. So I think once the wins and the championships start rolling in, you'll start to see a uh, a more supportive, uh, I guess, following of the tide and on, on the hardwood. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, we, we talked about how uh, Alabama sits at 12-1 right now in conference play. Uh, you know, this regular season, just a you know a couple weeks left in it really. So uh, we're getting close to the SEC tournament, and I know we wanted to touch on that a little bit. Lane, just kind of – Kind of give us what you're thinking when it comes to uh, both the SEC tournament and maybe the NCAA tournament for SEC teams. Uh, in the SEC tournament, I don't see Alabama being anything less than the first seed. I mean, you know, the, our remaining schedule is pretty is pretty favorable for us. Um, I guess I, I would probably see Tennessee as the second seed in the tournament. Missouri as the third seed. Uh, it'd be it'd be pretty close between Arkansas and Florida on the fourth seed, uh, so I haven't really decided where I would put them yet. Uh, LSU would probably be the sixth seed, and uh, I don't see any scenario in which Alabama doesn't have a very good shot of winning the tournament for the first time since '91, and that was that was a long time ago, man. I wasn't even born yet, so. That's one thing. Uh, another thing in terms of the NCAA tournament, uh, the ceiling right now for Alabama is a two seed. Even I, I feel like even if we win out, uh, you know, the, through the regular season, we'll probably the ceiling's probably still a two seed. But if we can win out through the regular season and take home the SEC tournament title, I don't see why we couldn't be a one seed. Uh, probably the fourth overall. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. I think most likely the best case scenario is a two seed. Yeah. There's I can still see an that. outside shot for a one, but I, I would, I mean, if I was going to put money on it, I would say we're going to be a two seed. Absolutely. Uh, the, there's a lot of good competition in the SEC, and I know we don't, we're not going to have the numbers that the Big Ten has or the, or the Big 12 where we have 10, 11 teams getting in but we have a solid six at the, at the minimum and uh probably at the maximum let's be real i mean there's not many great teams right now this year outside of the top six so right. i could i'd see like i said alabama ceiling is probably two seed uh tennessee is probably going to be a four seed missouri is probably going to be a five seed arkansas and florida i'd put both of them as a seven seed uh you know just spread them around the regions here and there and LSU, if they don't – I mean, if they don't buckle down, they could come in lower than this. But right now I got them at a, as an eight seed. Yeah, LSU is kind of one of those weird teams where, you know, you could make the argument that they're the most talented team in the SEC, and uh, they've had a really up-and-down season. Yeah. They have. It's been, it's, it's been really weird to see. I'm not – I'm not used to such inconsistency outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. To be yeah, honest I know. With you. And, and <laughs> you know, I, we're obviously joking because we're Bama fans. But of course, if, if you would have told any of us in the preseason 
that we would have been the most consistent team in the Southeastern Conference this basketball season, I'm not sure any of us would have believed you. <laughs> no, I, I would say even after the first five games, you know, we, we struggled out the block early. We were trying to gel a little bit together as a team. And once we did, man, and Nate Oates finally got through the, to his players, man, this team has took off. And it's, it's been great to see. Yeah. <laughs> the, the start of the season was kind of – <laughs> business as usual for Alabama basketball. And, yeah. and then, then like Jake mentioned, after that Western Kentucky loss, uh, things just kind of turned around, did a complete 180, and, you know, got the guys to, to buy into the defensive end of the floor. And once we became a really good defensive team, you know, you knew the offense would kind of take care of itself. Uh, Alabama's been, you know, one of the better teams in college basketball. Right. Every, you know, every team, no matter what sport, has a turning point to where they're average or bad. We're going to say average for Alabama because they've never really been terrible. Uh, where they're bad or terrible or average for so long. And, you know, I hate to make a football reference on a basketball episode, but we all know how Alabama football was before Saban. And I feel like the turning point. For Nick Saban's Alabama was 2007 versus Louisiana Monroe. I don't remember ever being so embarrassed to be an oh, Alabama fan right. yeah. in that yeah. game. So, you know, I feel like we finally hit that turning point to where we're going to go on a heck of a run, uh, you know, for hopefully the foreseeable future, hopefully this decade. Hopefully we keep Nate Oates as long as possible, as long yeah, as he I'm, keeps being <laughs> successful. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go gump in here for a minute. I'm hoping that Western Kentucky is Nate Oates' Louisiana Monroe. <laughs> that would be nice. I would love it. You know, Nate win the next seven, six championships over the next 13, <laughs> 14 years. Boy, there'd be some pissed off fans around the country, wouldn't there? <laughs> oh, Alabama dominating in, you know, football, basketball. I mean, we got a heck of a baseball squad. We got a heck of a softball squad. Uh, gymnastics. gymnastics, golf, I mean, golf. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just think Alabama has the potential in every sport to be great. I mean, our our women's uh, adaptive athletics team is really good this year, and uh, a lot of people when you know a lot of people don't don't talk about them, but but we sure do at Todd Talk. We we love all of our sports at Al, you know Alabama. Uh, but, Absolutely. Uh, but uh, lo- looking uh, ahead here. Um, you know, uh, what, what do you think, you know, you touched on a little bit about the remaining schedule. Um, how, how do you see, you did say that you see us, you know, winning out, but how do you, do you really think we, we have potential win out? I mean, we got a tough game at Arkansas. That's probably the only one I'm worried about. Well, it's, I mean, it's very possible, uh, you know, like Arkansas. Yeah, definitely. That's the game we need to circle. Also Auburn, just because of, you know, it's Auburn. So, yeah. That's a that's gonna be a tough one probably even though they're barely five hundred right now. Uh, really, I'm I'm curious to see if they end up rescheduling the Texas A&M game that we missed yesterday. Uh, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see us play that game because I think it'd be a pretty good game. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. play as many games as we can play. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I want to savor this season as far as long. <laughs> Of course, you no, know, and, and we're talking about how great of a season season it's been so far. But 
you know, if you get to the NCAA tournament and lay an egg, uh, it's all for naught, really. And that's just right. the nature of college basketball. True. Uh, right. But if we, as long as we keep at the trajectory we're at, like we're scoring almost on par with what we were last year with Kyra Lewis. But the difference is this year, oh, my goodness, our defense. We have a defense, guys. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. It really, uh, it really is. And we've done a lot of it without – our best post defender in Jordan Bruner. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Jordan Bruner, uh, I'm not going to reveal any sources here, but I've uh, I've been told that he could be looking at a return on March 2nd, just in time for the Auburn game and uh-huh. just in time for the SEC tournament. So that's that's a little bit of good news, and that would be very helpful because we sure have missed him. Because the offensive rebounds, I'm getting about sick of seeing us miss those yeah. in the. You know, defensive rebounds. It's it's been rough without Bruner. Yeah, you're right. It has been. Yeah, you know, Bruner is is you know he doesn't have gaudy numbers, but he does a little bit of everything for this team. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's going to get you around double figure points every game. He's going to get you around ten points a game. He's going to get you several rebounds, and he's also going to dish out a couple assists a game and, and get you a block or two. So he's just kind of an all around player. He's a great leader for the team, and like I said, he's 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 our best post presence. So uh, getting him back in time for the SEC tournament and keeping him healthy through the tournament into the NCAA tournament will be huge for this team on how far they can advance. And add in that he's hitting almost fifty one percent of his shots. That's a that's an insane number. I mean, you don't see that often, you know. And I know he hasn't played much, but he started thirteen games. Uh, or, well, his 13 games, all of them he started in. He's averaging – or he's shooting 51%. He's averaging, like you said, nearly 10 points a game and almost six rebounds per game. So, his 20 minutes a game, they're they're a very important 20 minutes because without him, we don't have a whole lot of length on the floor and a whole lot of wingspan that he brings. You know, it's going to be good to have him back for sure. Yeah, and I, I do want to – you know, this uh, – Alex Reese – he is a guy who has been, I mean, I, I hate to say it, drugged through the mud really since he's been on campus. I'm and, guilty, and and I'm and I'll be and I'm guilty as well. And I hate to be yeah. like that, but but dude, this this guy has played tough since Bruner's been out. I mean, he's been solid for Alabama and, and provided much needed help, you know, down there on the block for Alabama. I mean, he's actually become a little bit of a of a shot blocker for this team. Uh, he's <laughs> affecting shots at the rim. He's rebounding the ball. Uh, just he's been a, an asset for this team since Bruner's been out. And, you know, I just wanted to give him a shout out uh, for, for how hard he's played and how he's kind of, you know, kept his nose on the grindstone and, and kept, you know, kept working, kept and just, just balling out for this team in the absence of Bruner. Definitely, definitely a shout out to Alex Reese. All we need now is for him to be consistent in shooting the three. You know, that's the only thing I still have a problem with is sometimes he's sometimes he's not very consistent with it. You know, and I, I don't think it has anything to do with the shot. I think it has to do with his shot selection. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, 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 mean, I, think, I think if he takes his shot, he's going to make it. Yeah. But every once in a while, he, has a, he, he gets a wild hair and throws a couple of them up a game that he don't really need to be throwing up. But, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I wanted to brag on Alex for a minute because he really has played well for Alabama 
uh, since Brenner has been out. So I, I'm not sure that we win a couple of the games that we won without having uh, Alex Reese on the court playing the way he was playing. Oh, yeah. Let me bring up Herb Jones and just preface it by saying that how tough of a guy – have we ever seen anybody so tough for I, Alabama I basketball? I haven't. This guy has shot a free throw with one arm. Uh, he's played with a freaking injured back. I mean, he, he broke his thumb. What else is he going to have go wrong? Is he going to tear an ACL and go out and dunk on people? I mean, he might. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd hate for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're right. You're right, Lane. I, I, don't, I don't know that we've had – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this across all athletics. In my lifetime, have a dude – you know, kind of lay it on the line the way that Herb Jones has for Alabama. Excuse me, Herbert Jones. He wants to be called Herbert Jones. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know that, that dude lays it. it on the line, man. He he's uh he's just incredible. I don't I don't even know what to say about him to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree that he's the best Alabama player that I've ever seen do that for sure, and through many sports. But I do want to be a homer here and bring up Philip Rivers in the 2009 AFC Championship game when he <laughs> played with a with a torn ACL. Okay, back to Bama. Yeah. I'd get that in there. Well, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of relevant to Alabama. He is from Alabama. True. Yeah. He's yeah. Not he even that, not that far from y'all. Right. Oh, yeah. I want to say this about uh, Herb. Uh, he um, Herbert. Herbert. He uh, <laughs> he. Um, you know, talking about him being just like. I mean, it's he's he's like Iron Man. I mean, it's it's awesome to see. And you know, the other day on a Paul Feinbaum, he said that he was only playing about eighty percent. And and uh, me, Stacey, and Ricky had a little uh, Zoom just hanging out the other night. And um, you know, I made the comment. I said, if he's only playing that eighty percent and doing what he's doing, just imagine if he was a hundred percent what he'd be doing right now. And I'm like, uh, that's mind boggling to me. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's averaging 12 points a game as it is, and if that's 80%, oh, my goodness. You know, I can't imagine how he's going to be come SEC tournament time if he's 100%. Well, not only him, you know, scoring, it's what all he does. I mean, assists, he's a great defender. I mean, I mean, the dude, I think, in his career has had 100 charges, you know, against him. So, I mean, it's – you know, he he's does a little bit of everything for Alabama. So it's it's great to see. And, and if he was healthy hundred percent, my gracious, but you know, maybe this little little wall, yeah, hey, we didn't get to play tonight. Uh, but you know, this is giving our team a time to rest and heal. So maybe he'll he's getting healed up a little bit. Yeah, that's that's definitely one thing we want to go his way. We need him at a hundred because I don't we don't have anybody else that can block shots like he does either. I mean, my goodness. Right. No, he's right. incredible. He really – I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a guy that can defend all five positions, and he defends them all really well. Like, I've seen guys that can kind of more or less get in the way at all five positions, but this guy can legitimately defend all five positions. True. Now, to be fair to Petty, he can do that as well, but I don't uh, think he can do it on a level that Herb, Herbert yeah, he, does. He don't, have, he don't have the length that Herb has. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean – you know, Herb is, is every bit of six foot eight. He might even be six nine. And <laughs> of course. And, and Petty's, you know, you know, six five or so. So those few inches, you know, make, make all the difference in the world. And we're yeah, talking about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing about uh Petty speaking on him, uh yeah, Herbert can defend all five positions, but John Petty, he can play them all on offense. Like 
I've seen him in the post. I've seen him at the four spot, the three spot, the two spot, and the one spot, all in the same half. <laughs> yeah, hey, and Petty, no joke, probably has the best post moves out of anybody oh. on the roster. It's incredible. It's crazy. It is. And, and you know, he, he's a guy, we talked about him on the last podcast, who is just somebody that you're really proud to watch because he come in with all this hype, was probably just slightly overrated, like we mentioned in the last episode, but mm-hmm. has really just worked hard and gotten better every single year. And he has now become a great two-way basketball player. And now he's going to make a lot of money in the NBA. You know, he may not be a first-round pick, but he will, he will make an NBA roster because he can knock down the outside shot and he can guard multiple, multiple positions. So, And that's what, that's what you look for in an NBA player. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to bring up another topic here. Uh, uh, we got a sixth man right now who's not really used to being a sixth man. When do y'all think Javon Quinterly is going to find his way back in the starting rotation? Well, I'm, this is all, totally off subject because we had most of this podcast planned out for those of you who don't know. But true, this this part right here is is off script, and me and Lane are thinking. You know, we're, we're kind of on the same wavelength. I was supposed <laughs> to bring up JQ, and I, I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but I'm going to read you off his numbers from the last four games. He's averaging about 21 minutes in the last four games. In those games, he's had 10, 12, 13, and 16 points. Goodness. Okay. Good Lord. Now listen to this. Listen to this. In those games, he was two of three from three-point line, two of four from the three-point line. Three of five from the three-point line and four of four from the three-point line. Incredible. So, JQ is quietly – almost nobody is talking about JQ right now, but he has quietly been the the most effective six-man that I can – that I know about right now in the SEC. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Jake. No, I'm just going to say that that's, that's correct. You know, um, you know he – he, I guess uh, Primo took over the, the starting job, but, but he has, you know, accepted the, the six-man role, and he is he is it pretty much lit a fire under, and he has become a, a great player for us. And I'm I'm glad to see that because all the crap he went through last year of everybody and their brother getting a getting a waiver, and I have preached on you know harped on this for you know a year now, and it's ridiculous, and he didn't get one. But, you know, it, it lit a fire on him. He started out slow, lost his, you know, starting job, but he has embraced the six-man role and has been incredible in the last couple of games for us. Right. Not everybody gets the Sharif Cooper-Auburn treatment and gets to play after seven or eight games. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's – anyway, we can talk about that on that too, but <laughs> – yeah, but JQ, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned him because that's where I wanted to go next. He he really has been fantastic off the bench. And, uh, you know, Jake mentioned Primo. Primo the other night against uh, Georgia, no points in the first half. And then in an about a 10-minute stretch in the second half, went off for 19 points. So, uh, you see why he was so highly touted. That dude has got game. And when he puts it all together, he is going to be dangerous. Absolutely. Well, what else we got, boys? Man, I don't know. I, I think I think that's gonna pretty much wrap things up. Uh, I don't have anything really much else to add. Uh, you know, before we do jump off here, I want to say that uh, 
you know, the, the baseball team and the softball team will be in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Uh, the baseball team has McNeese State. Uh, the softball team will play Liberty Friday and Saturday, and then they'll have a doubleheader against LSU on Sunday. So, you know, big-time events happening in Tuscaloosa this weekend. So, a lot to look forward to as an Alabama fan. Uh, so, just just make sure you stay tuned to TideTalkSports.com for all the latest in, in album athletics. We're here to cover everything. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't have any subscription fees or anything like that. So you can, you can head over to TideTalkSports.com and find out anything you want to know about album athletics on our forums. And it doesn't cost you a dime. Yeah. If you're able, definitely, definitely find your, if you're near Tuscaloosa or maybe even Huntsville, Try to get to some baseball games because them, them fellas need the support. The ladies need some support. You know, I mean, they're both teams are going to be really good this year. Yeah, and we're we're going to be doing a, a baseball and a softball podcast really soon uh, once the season kind of gets going pretty good. But dude, uh, we have one of the best pitchers in all of uh, both in all of college baseball and college softball. When you talk about Connor Prelip and 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 Montana Fouts. Uh, <laughs> Those two, I mean, it's really hard to to name somebody that's better at at their positions and in, in their respective sports. Prelip's gonna be a good Atlanta Brave one day. Uh, I, I, I hope so. Shoot, you ain't kidding. I would, you know, being, being in the South, we're big Braves fans, so I would love nothing more than than some of these guys that play for Bama to uh, to go there. Hey, and, and real quick, while we're talking a little bit of baseball, uh, big shout out to Owen Diodati's mom, Jody. She's yes. a supporter of ours, so just shout out to Jody. Hi, Jody. <laughs> hey, Jody. <laughs> Thanks for for uh, listening and uh, keeping up with our uh, on our website. Yeah, and sending your boy down to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Thank Always you. helpful. <laughs> yeah. That dude, that dude's a beast as well. He is, man. There's a lot of talent on that baseball team, man. We we could we're going to, you know, do one, you know, we could do a podcast on the softball team, do one on the baseball team. We could do one on every sport in Alabama. I mean, it's uh, and that's what we're here to do. We're going to yeah, talk we're, about We're going to cover it all. We're going to cover it all, but but for this episode of Tide Talk, I think I think we've we've talked enough with the Hoop Squad. A lot to look forward to. Oh, and shout out to the women today. They got the the win. Uh, on the road in Gainesville against the Florida Gators. So good job, girls. A uh, lot to look forward to in Tuscaloosa, guys. Hey, real quick before we go, uh, Lane, how can everybody follow you on social media and and all that kind of good stuff? Well, I've recently underwent a uh, a Twitter overhaul at the request of my boss, Stacy Blackwood. Uh, <laughs> my new twi- my new Twitter handle is at Lane L A Y N E. There's a Y in there. At Lane G underscore TTS. Nice. What about you, Jake? I uh, also, at the discretion of my boss, changed my handle. <laughs> and, and I am at Jake Thomas. And I used to be Todd. Now I'm J- at Jake Thomas TTS. That's right. And I'm at Blackwood TTS. And make sure you follow Todd Talk Sports on Twitter at Todd Talk Sports. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, uh, make sure you subscribe to the Alabama Football News and Rumors channel on YouTube. And also make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on and leave us a five-star review if all possible. Guys, I really enjoyed it. And until next time, roll tide. Roll tide. Hashtag roll tide.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.